Hope you have your Bibles with you. If not, there's a Bible in front of you in the pew. You could use that one. And uh, we're in James chapter 3. will be our scripture reading this morning. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. James writes, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with stricter judge, strict, with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile, of sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. May God bless the reading of His Word. There's a poem that reads, A careless word may kindle strife. A cruel word may wreck a life. A bitter word may hate and steal. A brutal word may smite and kill. There is power in the tongue. There's power in our words. And in this letter that James has written, the theme of controlling our speech runs throughout the whole letter. James 1.19, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, <clears throat> let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. James 1.26, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person... Oh, sorry. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious religion is worthless. And then over in chapter two, James two twelve, he says, "So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty." And then over in James four eleven, he says, "Do not speak evil against one another, brothers." So all throughout the book of James, you see him focusing. Uh, on the tongue, how we speak, what do we say? Uh, and he, he has this emphasis here of controlling your speech. And in the passage we're going to look at this morning, uh, James is going to describe in very vivid detail the power of the tongue in the life of the individual and also its power in the community. And he's also going to speak to how we should use it. So, first, let's look at what he says about the power of the tongue in the individual. James 3 2. Notice what he says. He says, for, all, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. 
able also to bridle his whole body. So first of all, James is saying, you know, we all stumble. We all sin. And then he says that if you could control your tongue, you would be a perfect person or a mature person. And then he gives two metaphors to describe the tongue's power. The first one's found in verse 3. He says, if, if we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they will obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Now, I'm not a horse expert, but I did a little research. And it's amazing, but a full-grown horse can weigh anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 pounds. And that's a big animal. But you know how much that bit weighs that you put in their mouth? One pound. If that. And so what he's saying is this small one pound piece of metal that you put in the horse's mouth can steer an animal weighing almost a ton. And so James is saying that the guiding power of the bit to the horse is like the tongue in our lives. That's the power of it. Consider the second metaphor he says in uh, verse 4. He says, look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Now, notice in this metaphor, he is not only saying that a small instrument guides a big vessel, but he's saying that this big vessel is also in the midst of a storm. I mean, winds are blowing it to and fro, and even still, the rudder can steer it in whichever direction the pilot wants it to go. And so what he's saying here is our our tongues have the power to steer our lives for good or for bad, as well as the lives of others, even through difficulty, even in the midst of pressure and the winds of temptation and difficulty and trial. Our tongue, our language, our speech can speak life or it can speak death. Then James concludes with two metaphors, these two metaphors by saying in verse 5, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. And so his point is, the tongue has power. Your words have power in not only your life, but also in the lives of the people around you. And so how we use our speech can affect our relationship with God as well as our relationship with other people. And this is the second truth that James is getting at here. First he says, you know, the the power of the tongue is powerful not only in your own life, but it also affects the people around you. And he gives another metaphor in verses 5 and 6 where he says, How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So we see that the tongue is a small member, And yet the speech it creates can do great good or great harm to the world. Just like a small spark can cause a whole city to burn down, so it is with the tongue. A small member, yet it can produce much damage. James goes on to say in verse 8, It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Now, Think of it like this. Imagine this. I give you a glass of milk, a full glass of milk, and then I just drop one little droplet of poison in it. Would you drink it? I mean, the the glass is 99% milk. 
Well, you'd say, well, Ron, you know, it's that 1% poison that I'm concerned about because I know it could be very deadly, right? It's tainted. And so James is saying, your tongue, your words, there is power in your words. Even the smallest word can contain great power and do much harm if it is uncontrolled. So James is telling us there is great power in the tongue. Of course, this is something that you already know, right? We already know this. He's just reminding us of this truth. It only takes a little uncontrolled speech to bring about death and not life, cursing rather than blessing. James goes on to say in verses 9 through 12, he says, with it, speaking of our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. So we bless God And yet we curse his image. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And so the issue he's showing us here is by nature, our tongues produce salt water, not fresh water. All of us. We have this tongue that, that produces thorns, not figs. That is so good at cursing uh, and not so much at blessing. And it's, it is by nature untamable. Listen to what he says in verses 7 and 8 again. He says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. And you've seen this. You've seen the videos on Facebook and on the internet. I mean, people have the craziest pets, but they contain just about any animal on the face of the earth. But then James says, but no human being can tame the tongue. No one. I mean, that's a strong statement. So the question is, okay, James, you just told us our tongue is, man, it can do some damage. And now you tell us, and you can't do anything about it. (laughs) You can't tame it. You're like, well, thanks for the encouragement, James. I appreciate that. So the question is, how do you tame the untamable? One commentator said this. He says, James, throughout this passage, is describing the tongue as it is by nature, not what it can become by grace. Augustine said it this way. He says, he does not say that no one can tame the tongue, but no one of man So that when it is tamed, we confess that this is brought about by the pity, the help, the grace of God. So how do we tame the untamable? First thing is we need to realize we can't do it on our own. We need a trainer. We need somebody to help bring this untamable tongue under control. We need a trainer. You know, just like a wild horse. Now, I'm not an expert. Now, <laughs> has, anybody, has anybody ever trained a horse? Good. Because I haven't either. But I'm going to tell you how to do it. So, if I'm wrong, no one will know. Anyway. Oh, Chris has. Sorry. Oh, man. Okay. Well, Chris, if I mess it up, just tell me. Okay. But this came off the internet. So, I know it's true. <laughs> but we do know this. Okay. You have wild horses. And wild horses do not train themselves. Right? I mean, they just stay wild. In order to train them, they need a trainer. 
And if we need it, and we're the same way, just like a wild horse cannot train itself, we can't train ourselves to tame our own tongue. We, we need a tamer. We need a trainer. And our trainer is Jesus. And so our relationship with Jesus enables us to begin to use our tongues, our words, our speech for blessing rather than cursing. Our faith in the word of God that has taken on flesh and dwelt among us enables us to use our words to be life-giving just like he was life-giving. You know, I remember when I became a Christian in uh, just before 11th grade in high school, one of the first things I saw in my life that, would, that began to change was how I used my language. There's some words I didn't use anymore. Because I just became conscious to the fact that, you know, God is concerned with how I, how I speak. And He just began to change my heart. And that began to change my language. Of course, I'm not perfect now. I still don't use my language in ways that are good always. But that's one of the shifts I saw in my own life early on when I came to know Christ. So we all need a trainer. If we're going to tame our tongue, if we're going to control our speech and use it for good rather than evil, we have to have a trainer. And our trainer is Christ. But the second thing is we need to trust our trainer. You know, one principle in taming a wild horse is to build trust. And the way you build trust is by spending time with the horse. Being around the horse. Let the horse get to know you. And so if we're going to see our speech change, if we're going to allow our tongue to be tamed, we need to spend time with our trainer. We need to get to know our trainer. We need to trust our trainer. We need to trust the Lord. And we do that by spending time time with him. And as we do, we realize that he is very concerned with how we use our words and he wants to use our words for blessing rather than cursing. Again, we can't do this on our own, but God can do it in and through us. And one of the ways he does it is by giving us godly teaching regarding our tongues. You know, the Bible and especially the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom concerning our speech. And we read how our tongues are meant to bless, not to curse. Our tongues are meant to help people move toward God, not away from Him. Our our tongues are meant to build people up and not tear people down. Our tongues are meant to construct, not to condemn. And we need this wisdom from the Word. And we need to ingest it into our hearts. Because what does Jesus say? Out of the overflow of the heart. The mouth speaks, so you need to give your tongue some, something to work with. And what you do is you give it the Scripture. God uses that to change your heart, and that heart is just connected directly to your tongue. And it produces a speech that is more characterized by blessing rather than cursing. More characterized by building up rather than tearing down. Another helpful tip, and this helps me, maybe this will help you too, is just to realize... And recognize what sets us off. You know, in order to tame a horse, you have to help the horse learn how to react to a given situation. Because by nature, the horse gets spooked very easily. And when the horse gets spooked, it begins to, you know, buck up and kick and then even just run off. Okay, so you have to, you have to train the horse and help the horse to respond more calmly to different and even unexpected circumstances. The horse must learn to to face its fears. It has to learn to control itself 
and trust its trainer in the midst of the unexpected. And so if we're going to tame our tongue, we need to recognize those situations in our own lives that tend to spook us, right? Tend to set us off and make us go a little wild. And you may say, well, Ron, uh, what do you mean by set us off? Well, here's what I mean. You know, those situations that, that cause you to say things that you shouldn't say. You know those situations. Some of you may have had those situations this morning. Because <laughs> one of the stressful times I know in the Jones household at times is just getting ready for church. You know, you've got to get everybody dressed and showered and ready and out the door. That can be a challenge. So, that could be it. You know, maybe you're good with your speech all week long until Sunday morning. I don't know. But you just got to know, okay, what are some things that kind of set me off? Some situations that really, man, I just can see a pattern here when these things happen. My, my tongue just tends to revert to its wild state and go uncontrolled. It was funny, my, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was with my papa yesterday, he just turned 90. Actually, tomorrow's his birthday, 90 years old. And he prides himself by saying, you know, he's outlived every Jones, you know. Which I'm thankful. I'm, I'm praying, Lord, maybe I have his genes. I don't know, we'll see. But anyway, I was talking to him and he, he wanted to tell me a preacher joke. And so he, he says, he says his preacher was out in his yard trying to crank his lawnmower. And he's pulling on the cord, he's pulling on the cord, he can't crank it. And he says this... Uh, you know, this guy who has a tendency to, to, you know, just, he's not walking with the Lord, doing his own thing, tends to drink a little too much, but he's kind of frequents in the neighborhood. He walks by and says, preacher, what are you trying to do? He said, well, I'm trying to crank it. He said, well, I know what you can do to crank it. He said, and the pastor says, what? He said, you got to curse it. <laughs> and the pastor said, well, I don't know about that. I haven't cursed in a long time. And I just, I don't even know how to do that anymore. He said, well, you keep pulling on that string. It'll come back to you. <laughs> So, you know, there are those situations that, man, it just, we just revert to that wild state. And we're bucking and we're kicking and we're running wild. And for each of us, it may be different. It may be that lawnmower, you know, trying to crank that lawnmower. But for some of us, it may be when you're tired. You know, you tend to speak harshly. You just need to be aware of that. Maybe it's when you're criticized. You tend to speak harshly when you get defensive. Maybe it's when you hear someone making a comment that you don't agree with, that you, that you kind of snap back and you tend to speak in a damaging way. Or, or maybe it's when your kids disobey you and show disrespect that the fire of the tongue begins to spread. Or kids, you know, maybe it's when your parents tell you something to do or correct you, your tongue becomes poison. Now, whatever it may be for you, you just need to know those times when you tend to allow your tongue to run wild. And you need to prepare for those times because they're coming. And we need to trust our trainer. We need to take in his teaching. And we need to ask him to help us tame our tongues. You know, the poem that I, that I read at the beginning of the sermon describes some of those negative effects that we all know. And we've all experienced to some degree. Negative effects of our words. It says, a careless word may kindle strife. A cruel word may wreck a life. A bitter word may hate and still. A brutal word may smite and kill. But the point doesn't stop there. It continues on and says, A gracious word may smooth the way. A joyous word may light the day. A timely word may lessen stress. And a loving word may heal and bless. 
You know, we have, we have so much potential to bless, to bless those around us. We, we have so many opportunities to encourage, to compliment, to console, to speak truth, to, to build up. And I know if you're like me, I, I want to make the most of those opportunities. I mean, I don't think anybody in here would say, you know what? I just want to tear people down. That's what I want. I want to use my words as negatively as possible, and I want to just tear people down. I want to speak death. I want to be known as the death speaker. You know, No, none of us want to do that. We want to speak life. We want to control our tongue. We want to speak in the way that God wants us to speak. And so here's what I want you to do this week. By the power of the Spirit of God, we want God to tame our tongues, help us to steer them in the right direction. And So here's what I want you to do this week. Every day this week, every single day, I want you to encourage somebody. Just, just give somebody a kind word. Encourage them. Every day. Now, don't worry about over-blessing, okay? Don't worry about that. So, if you, if you compliment two people in one day, that's okay. I don't think you're going to over-bless. So, have at it. More than one's fine. But at least one. Think of one person every day that you can give an encouraging word to. And I would even challenge you to think about who is someone that I rarely, if ever, encourage. Or I cannot maybe remember the last time I encouraged this person. Maybe it was a coworker or a family member or a friend. You know, who can I encourage today? And so every day this week, this is your tangible tip of the week. Every day this week, God, would you help me to speak life and courage? Because good night, we need it. Don't we need it? I mean, we need encouragement. Every one of us needs encouragement. And so let us be a blessing. Let us speak life into those around us. And so I want to challenge you to just to let your tongue bless those who have been made in the image of our God.